Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Wisdom Wednesdays, a little midweek dose of thoughts and reflections. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, author and entrepreneur, passionate about stretching minds and perspectives to release you from the past and open your mind up to the unlimited possibilities that life offers each and every one of us if we care to look. If you like the Not Perfect podcast, please share, rate and comment as that really helps me grow this show to bring you even more inspiring guests weekly. On today's show, I have Mary Ann DeMarco, who is a world-leading psychic medium, author, healer, and spiritual teacher. She's the mentor for spiritual and celebrity influencers like Gabby Bernstein to Jordan Younger and other very famous names, not to mention the spiritual guide for millions of people around the world through her books and workshops. Marianne is known for her ability to channel powerful messages from her clients, spirit guides, angels and loved ones who've passed. She translates those messages into practical guidance and advice for happier and more fulfilling lives. Marianne is working her way through, and this is wild, a five-year waitlist currently. So to ensure as many people as possible can still benefit from her work, she hosts virtual workshops on intuitive development. Marianne is the best-selling author of Believe, Ask, Act, Divine Steps to Raise Your Intuition, Create, Change, and Discover Happiness, and excitingly has just released her latest book, Medium Mentor, 10 Powerful Techniques to Awaken Divine Guidance for Yourself and Others. I loved this book. It's filled to the brim of spiritual practices that you can do to easily and practically reconnect and strengthen your intuition and guidance for better decision making, to being in more in tune with yourself and to living a life that you deserve. What is a favorite quote you return to often and why? A favorite quote that I return often to is when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time by Maya Angelou. I think that's a lesson that I repeatedly have learned over the years and it never fails. It never fails for me to understand uh, what that means in real time when I'm experiencing it in my own life. I always go back to that quote. I find that such an interesting quote. And why do you think that we tend to want to forget what we first see in someone. I think it's that we're empathetic beings and the idea of believing in somebody. Remember that quote can be very good too, right? It can mean that you saw the beauty in someone and don't forget that. Remember remember who they are at source. So if they've been a if they've been a little out of sorts Remember who they are. Remember who they are at their core being, and then we can maybe release judgment. And uh, and so I always return back to that as for a situation that I might be confused by someone's behavior. I, I always say I know who they are at their core. They've shown me that person, 
And then I can go back there and and move into a, a different space of maybe compassion or sympathy instead of judgment. Thank you for that. That's so beautiful. What's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently and why? Oh, uh, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, embrace the little things. Uh, take the time to breathe in the air and know that, uh, well, the lesson is always you're being guided and you're being protected and it's okay to sit in that space and not chase for more than just that. I feel like that is such a wonderful lesson for us all to be reminded of. And how do you understand the soul? I understand the soul to be all-knowing. I understand the soul to be wise in that it's lived many lifetimes and that if we choose to access it, we can really embrace the light within ourselves and all of the knowledge lies within our soul of who we are, why we're here and and what we're looking to do and how we can get there. And I think the soul to me is just this wonderful, amazing part of our being that is joined up with our human self and saying, I've got you. And we're going to glide on through together if you choose. I love that word glide. I really don't (laughs) hear it that much, but it's so true. Like what a lovely thing for us to really focus on gliding and our soul can help us. And this obviously brings me delightfully to your book because I feel like you could have called your book Glide in many ways because all the tools really, really help you to get in contact with your intuition to help you move through life in the most harmonious way. So to start simply, what is a psychic and why do you believe we are all psychic? A psychic is somebody who can tap into energy, letting you uh, tap into your own guidance, your own abilities that you want to bring into this world. Professional psychic can tap into someone else's uh, life tell them about their, maybe their future even and prophesize in some way. But I don't really love those words. I think that what we're doing is we're tapping into energy and we're understanding the storyline in a different way and then conveying that storyline over through signs and symbols and messages. And you don't have to be a professional psychic to do that. We all have the ability to wake up the gift that we were born with in order to navigate through our own lives. And what is the difference between a medium and a psychic? A medium is focusing on a lost loved one on the other side. We're raising our vibration up in order to hear that frequency of lost loved ones. A psychic, not necessarily doing that. But if you're a medium, you're automatically a psychic. And But if you're a psychic, you don't necessarily have to search for someone's past loved one in order to receive the information that you're getting. You're focusing in more on frequency and guides and storyline. What was your journey to learning that you had this psychic gift? I imagine that also brought along a lot of challenges too. I've always known that I can do this ever since I was a little girl. And my mom was very open and she was teaching me about meditation. (laughs) And, you know, about five years old, I'm learning about higher level masters and different types of frequencies. And we had psychics come to the house quite often. It was very normal uh, for me to sort of be in that world. And I always knew that I had an ability. I just uh, felt my loved ones around me. I had very vivid dreams. I would say things before they happen. 
but I was never afraid of it because my mom was really like, oh yeah. So I thought everybody could do it. I didn't think it was so unusual, honestly. And I came into my life where I was going through a difficult time and I wound up in the hands of this wonderful woman, Pat Longo, and I thought she was a psychic medium. I thought, oh, I'll be getting a reading from her. And she said, no, no, I'm a teacher. I, I show people how to do this. And I started taking her classes. And within just a couple of weeks, I was reading because I really had just that full understanding for so many years of my life that this was okay, that I gave, I was given permission to be like, yeah, go explore that. And so I did. How would someone, I mean, obviously you knew when you were really little, let's say there is, and I'm sure there's so many people out there that were never in environments that encourage this. What are some telltale signs that you are more psychic than someone else? I think that you have to first start with a belief that you can do this, that we all have the ability to do this. And if you find yourself thinking, I wonder if I have some psychic abilities, go with the fact that somebody is speaking to you from that other side saying, you know, you have psychic abilities, right? And that you can tap into this. If you've been wondering about that, try to lean out of wondering and go with believing. That's one of the most important things that we can all do for ourselves because everybody can tap into this. The freedom part of this is that you can make it look like whatever you want it to look like, that your psychic practice doesn't have to look like mine. It doesn't have to look like somebody else's. It can look like yours. So some of those belief systems that you were raised in, take whatever serves you best and create your own spiritual practice out of it. So in the book, you share so many different meditations, in particular one, you talk about the chakra meditation um, mm. to kind of cleanse. What is the process of cleansing? Why is it important? And what is your most regular cleansing ritual? My, it's important because when you are giving so much output as a psychic medium, I'm giving so much output into the world. And we just as human beings in our families are always giving over emotionally. We are draining ourselves with stress of life. The idea of replenishing, giving back to self is why I love balancing the chakras because not only does it help us on a vibrational and spiritual level to release energy uh, emotionally, but physically as well. So we can manifest in the body where we might be holding extra energy. So I always go in there and do that uh, because I feel like it's a wonderful tool to really not get in touch with mind, body, soul. And it's a great visual to do as well when we're balancing those chakras. We work through the colors and you can see where you might be holding energy uh, in other places more than others. For example, if you're lighting up blue, maybe you're not communicating with that throat chakra as much as you want, or maybe you're over communicating and you should pull it back a little bit. And so you can play around with your own body's vibration for release. And that's very important to balance. And you, you give these practices because they're such a foundation in order for anybody to then tap into their intuition. So I guess, again, let's start off really simply. What do you mean by intuition? Why is it important for us to be tapped into it? And what taps us out of it? I could tell you what taps us out of it right away is our loud mind, the doubt, the fear, the uh, questioning, the I'm not worthy, the imposter syndrome, you, you name it, we can pop right out of our own intuition. When we learn to tap into our intuition and we are consistent in that practice of hearing the inner voice, the claircognizance, the inner knowing, where we're hearing the gentle, sometimes more strong guidance of spirit connecting with us, 
you will never doubt that inner voice. And so your intuition is really that inner knowing, that psychic ability within yourself, tapping into your guides and hearing what your soul already knows and flowing with that resistance, chasing, that's the loud mind. And if we can get ahead of that hindsight, I knew I should have done that. Oh, I thought that was going to happen. That's a great way to start recognizing what it sounds like. And if you could just get ahead of that, then it will become instinctual and automatic. You have a chapter in the book about checking your ego. How do you know if it's your ego speaking or your intuition speaking? Because obviously the ego is just so clever. So how do you know who's speaking? The ego is very clever, incredibly tricky. Usually it's showing up, causing you to doubt, causing you fear. You're not worthy of that. Why would you think that you can tap into the fact that you can lose your phone? Don't be ridiculous. The intuition will say to you, watch your phone, and you just don't question it. The ego is more of this long dialogue. It's different that way, and it takes some practice to get them down right. And again, give yourself permission to do it because then you're counteracting the ego. And I think I say in the book, if you're checking your ego, your ego's in check. I really like your idea in the book about time frames. Would you mind sharing a bit more about that? Time frames is a worldly thought, and time is really an illusion that we've given ourselves. Yes, we do have to keep a schedule and obviously show up on time to things. But when we're manifesting, putting a time frame on that will limit, I think, your guidance. You will get into your worldly ego self if you think it's supposed to happen by a certain time. And I, I talk about setting it and forgetting it. Put your manifestation out there and then trust that your guides, loved ones, angels on the other side are going to present the divine timing of when it's going to come or not come right? The idea of miracles and manifestations, these things happen and they happen every day, but we must trust that we are being shown the divine timing. And when we do, when things don't happen, we can lean into a space of gratitude and then spirit, oh, it shows us something better because they have our back. It's just so hard to remember that when things are really challenging or you're trying to make a decision and it's just impossible to make because you're like, both options could be okay. In those moments, out of all the tools in your book, what would you encourage someone to use? Well, that's very powerful. Both scenarios can be okay. Isn't that your inner guidance just saying to you, there is no wrong path? Surrender, and then we surrender some more. Both scenarios can be okay. And so the tool that I would use in that moment is gratitude for showing me both of these wonderful paths that can take place. And I know that abundance will come my way for the greater good of all concerned. And so you just ask for the path for the greater good. Which one? And then you have to be willing to say yes. And one, you may learn some more lessons than the other, but I'm obsessed with what you just said, because that is exactly how you should be thinking about all of these maybe decisions that are flying your way. And you could say, well, I could see the good or the challenge in both of them, and I'm ready for it. I really like also your point that you just said, I'm here for the abundance for the greater good. And I actually had this conversation with Deepak Chopra about maybe how challenged the world of manifesting has got recently because it's become like so much in popular culture that it's lost its meaning in some ways. Yes, what are your thoughts on it? And where do you think people go wrong? And how can we bring spirit more into this? Uh, placing their ego into manifestations would be wrong, I guess, or not the way to manifest asking the wrong questions or not knowing how to ask the right questions, being very particular in why you're manifesting what it is that you want. 
What outcome are you looking for? Be very clear with spirit. It doesn't mean don't dream big. Please dream big. Absolutely. But are you incorporating the whole picture and what that looks like? Are you saying, give me that busier job that I can make more money in because I've worked so hard and this is the job I want? And are you following that up with? Because then I'll be able to provide for myself and family around me. I could be more generous in my life and I can find balance without having to worry that I need to pay my bills. And what- Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. whatever that looks like. Let them have a reason as to why you're manifesting. And I think that that is, and also that you are an active player in that manifestation, that you cannot just sit, manifest, put your picture board together and wait for it to happen, that you are a participant. There is no I in team and that your guides are showing you the vibration to work with in order to get you there. And that's not a chase. We're just saying yes and going with the flow as it's presented. So to me, it's a, it's a joint effort when we manifest, that we must understand that part of the amazing uh, moments that we can have here are the lessons that come along the way while we manifest, because what we learn, we teach and we give over to others. So, so enjoy the ride. One thing that really resonated in your book is this idea that, especially in your line of work, as a psychic, you have to be so trusting because it's not like you can plan for a consultation. Like, <laughs> you have to just <laughs> trust. The trust part comes from, from practice. And it really comes from, I was taught to always say what I hear, see, feel. And I always encourage people, pay attention to all the senses when you're connecting with spirit and don't hold back. It's just me knowing that my guides will never let me down. And I, it's not about me. I am just here to deliver a message. And when I took myself outside of the work, I'm just saying yes to being the conduit. I no longer had that worry or that fear. I know that the messages, although they may not be perfect all the time in my translation, will come through and they will resonate in some way is my hope for the person that's receiving it. But the work isn't about me. It's about me being asked to do it and just being this conduit. And when I surrendered over to that, I heard them even more clearly. And my hope is that you get that out of the book as well, that you learn to trust that inner knowing for yourself that so that when you hear, I think I might lose my phone, you tap in and you say, all right, well, why? What's going on? And you start asking the spirit questions. 
I really enjoyed a visualization um, that you had in the book about visualizing you. Um, I think the example was being in a beautiful field and seeing a past loved one with you. Mm. And mm-hmm. I did receive a lot of questions about how do we connect with loved ones that have passed and uh, what is your advice for that? I do. It's called meeting hours in heaven is that meditation. And this is a great way for you to feel what it's like to make a connection within. And so I, I walk you through this meditation. And the reason why I've done it is because it's a wonderful way to you have, for you to have access to your past loved one anytime you want. I do it all the time uh, where I feel like if I need that reassurance and I need that love or comfort from a loved one, or I just want to say, hey, I go into that meditation and I love having conversation with them. And I think it's really beautiful. Yeah, it made me emotional. I thought it was incredibly beautiful. Obviously, you've had so many conversations now with all these people that have passed over. I I mean, I've definitely had readings when people have said, you know, past loved ones who I actually hadn't even met, you know, kind of like Mm -hmm. old grandpas and grannies actually have become like part of my like guardian angel tribe or whatever. Why do some people, you know, have their grandpa as their, you know, guardian angel and another person will have, you know, another distant relative? Like, how does that work? I think they're just assigned to us for whatever reason. We travel in soul packs. We travel with the same soul pack, lifetime after lifetime, good, bad, or indifferent, lessons, contracts, everything that comes along with that. And I believe that some of them are just there mainly for us, that they get assigned to us. And that's how I've always read it. That's what I've uh, discussed with other psychics as well, that it's just part of the system that is on that other side. And I don't know that we'll ever have the full answers until we get there. Uh, but I know that there's a rhyme and reason behind it. And I find it incredibly comforting that you can go back ancestrally and draw upon those strong souls who've learned their lessons, who are giving us that love and comfort from the other side, even if we didn't know them. And to your point, what if you don't don't experience a lot of grief in this life? When I mean, you might feel like you don't have anybody then over there, but you do. Going back to your point on soul packs, because it's just so fascinating, this idea that, and I truly believe it, like... I so think I've met a ton of soulmates, like not just one, like a ton of Mm -hmm. girl soulmates, actually. How do you know someone may be a part of your soul pack? I think everyone that you meet is not by chance, you know, that there is for some reason they are part of your soul pack. Past lives are very fascinating. And you can write down you know, three people who you have really worked well with in life and maybe three people that you find more challenging. (laughs) And then you can go back into past life and see where they show up. And usually the storyline of that past life has a lot to do with why you have the relationship with them that you do now. To me, that is kind of the ultimate in past life uh, soul pack research, (laughs) you know, to kind of go back and see where they are. But when you're sitting with somebody, you know, yeah, we can talk about soulmates, right? Yes. And I think we do have a lot of them. I'm so glad that you said that because we can have them within friendships. But I also feel like when I have somebody who's really been challenging in my life, I stop and I say, well, what, what was I supposed to learn there? Or what part of our contract did we need to complete before we were able to maybe move on from each other? Again, always trying to make it productive. So going back to the book and training your own psychic skills to help yourself tune into all of this, why is imagination so important and why was that such a key thing that you wanted to include? 
I included it because seeing clairvoyancy is really accessed with the imagination, just like our dreams are accessed. Spirit can access that and use that visualization in order to convey message. So to me, using that imagination is our spirit guides helping us make connection for translation of messages. They go into my frame of reference and they use everything that's in there in order to convey the message. So I, I often encourage people, it is your imagination, use it. Let them access it because they'll show you so much more in the messages and then you can play around with what the translation means symbolically or sometimes even literally. And for people who do not have creative jobs or even just left creative activities in the schoolroom, what are some sort of just really practical activities we can all start doing to actually exercise this imagination muscle that is obviously so useful and needed when we're trying to tap into our intuition better? A guided meditation is a great way to start and start with short amount of time. It doesn't have to be long meditations. Reading books that give you content to fill up your mind with this type of information too. So let yourself be pulled and thinking, I think I want to read that book for some reason, whatever reason, and just go with that. Taking spiritual classes, of course, will always help. Leaning into your higher power and trusting that they're showing you uh, the way. Uh, analyzing your dreams a little bit more closely, not just shrugging them off and saying, that was a weird dream, maybe sitting with it and, and figuring out why you dreamt what you dreamt. And that those are ways to really uh, start start accessing not only your connection, but how you receive it too, what clair you're using. Are you using your clairvoyancy? Are you claircognizance? Is it sentience where you're feeling things? Is it an, a knowing? Those are different ways that you can tap in. And then just like any muscle, the more consistent you are, the more you sharpen your tool. Going back to dreams, I often find that I'll dream, I'm if it's really outstandingly visual, then I will remember it. And then I'll go on kind of dream Google and just do a terrible <laughs> Google search on like what I've just found. Uh, and I'm sure that is just not the best way to be able to understand your dreams better. What is the best way to, in your opinion, analyze your dreams and extract some wisdom? I would trust your own interpretation. Always go with the positive, most positive of interpretations. Even if the dream is a little scary, it's gotten your attention, hasn't it? If you're not paying attention all day long and your guides felt this was the only time they can get to you, they might do it in a way that's pretty jarring. But go with the translation. I, I encourage you, try not to Google. <laughs> try to really sit with it and ask yourself, what does this mean to me? What is going on in my life right now that I can apply this to? And then write it out. Write out your dream. If, if it doesn't make sense immediately, as soon as you wake up, write it down. I love writing out my dreams and sort of sitting with it and analyzing it. I think it's a fun thing to do. It is a really fun thing to do. And I definitely get into the habit of wanting to talk them through with someone. And when you talk them through, you almost sometimes miss like the essence of it. Because well, yeah, you'll be asking somebody else's opinion. They, if, unless they can channel it for you that, you know, I have a lot of people who ask me about their dreams and then I'll help them channel, but I love teaching them to get there themselves. So I loved the part in the book about boundaries, because I think there is a fear for people who are more aware of their psychic ability that if they open it up, are they just going to be bothered nonstop by people sending the messages? How do we turn on and turn off our psychic ability for when it works for us and for when it doesn't. Yeah. You have to be the CEO of your spirituality. If you're being asked to do this and you're saying yes, you have to have boundaries. It's inevitable. 
uh, because you will have spirit who's just popping in saying, oh, you're open. Can we talk today? Can we, you know, that, that chattering. And I learned very early on that I have to have office hours, that I am open and I am closed, especially because I do this for a living. And that is imperative, not only to other people knowing that they can't just access it all the time through me, but that I, I conserve my energy and that I'm very clear on what I want to see and what I don't want to see. I don't want to see medical. I'm not here to diagnose. I don't have a medical background, so I would never want to do that. I, I get things that go on in the body, but I don't want to diagnose anybody. I don't want to see anything heavy. I don't want to have predictions that I have no idea what they mean. And those were things that I experienced as a young child. And so when I started to do this work, I put that out there. I said, guys, I'm willing to do this, but don't show me that. And so that's a hardcore boundary. Uh, spirit can't just pop in anytime they want. This is separate from your own life, though. Your loved ones and your people, they can come and go whenever they please. But boundaries, when you start setting them with the spiritual world, you'll also see that you start setting them in physical world as well. And I think I say in the book, like, people pleasers beware because you will see how much it serves your energy and then you just won't go back. So it just takes practice. That's why we don't dabble. We have to be very consistent, especially when we're giving the work over to others. And because you are channeling, do you live your life in a certain way, like your diet, your sleep? What do you do? Because I imagine you probably live life slightly differently to most people. I didn't realize how much my physical body would need so much attention the more I did this work. My teacher told me that very early on. But it, 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 there is something to be said about where we hold our energy and being very careful back to boundaries too of what you're not ingesting from others, making sure that I'm not ingesting other people's energy. A lot of people who are empathic, you know, take on somebody else's. Yeah, treating my body well, getting out and exercising, detaching from spirituality altogether four hours in a day is a great thing to do. Uh, taking a walk and just honoring, hydrating. Not a lot of alcohol is another one. Not, not my favorite one, but it is another one because I, <laughs> you, because I have to be sharp, you know? So if I'm reading, especially if I'm reading for others, but it is all because spirit's showing me how to have the most clarity to give over and it works. Lastly, what's your advice for integrating divine guidance into every day? Oh, come up with your own belief, bring in the light every single day, come up with your own system of what that looks like. I, I write out a schedule in the book and I show you how to do that, whether you have a really busy corporate life or you're fully into spirituality or you're a parent staying home with your children, there's a way to fit it in and honor that, honor that every day. Because when you do this weekly and consistently, the evidence is just miraculous in what they can bring you to your life. And so lean into that and know that you're worthy, know that you have the ability and the light within you in order to do that and just trust that they will show you the way. I find this literally the antidote to my anxiety. I find that just by having this reassurance that we are all being looked after, everything is supposed to you know, be unfolding as you began the interview in divine timing. It's a test to our patience, but it is just such a hug and a cuddle. So thank you so much. How can people best get in contact with you? I know your wait list is over five years. So what's the best way for people to work with you now? And where's the best place for people to ask questions? Uh, you can find me at marianndemarco.com and Marianne the Medium on social. And the best way is I have workshops that are going on. I have mentor programs that are one-on-one. -on -one. 
And hopefully I have more uh, speaking engagements and workshops outside of the virtual arena coming up. So look for those and everything I post on my website. You can sign up for my newsletter and receive information. Do you have meditations on your website for people? I I have uh, meditations on my YouTube channel. I do a seven, yeah, there's like a seven day spiritual challenge. I don't don't know if if I called it a challenge, but it gives you something to do for a week. And I I think it's a great way to get started. And I'll be recording some of the meditations and putting them uh, out there. And and I have stuff that content on my Instagram account that you can access to. Okay, amazing. Well, we'll put all of those links into the show notes. And thank you so much for this really interesting, delightful and reassuring interview about how it all looked after thank you so much for having me it's been lovely thank you so much for listening to another episode of the not perfect podcast and if you enjoyed this episode i would deeply appreciate it if you wouldn't mind subscribing and leaving a review and perhaps maybe sending it to a friend who also might enjoy this episode i can't tell you how grateful i am for those that share this podcast on their social media or with friends because it helps the show reach more listeners i'd absolutely love to hear from you so if you've had any thoughts or you want a specific specific guest coming up in future episodes just let me know shoot me a message on instagram or twitter it's just at poppy jamie and so until next time stay flexible stay true to you and stay leaning into love ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 